Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. Dave and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So, I'm sure you are, but are you curious about squirting orgasms? Wondering if they're real, only pee, or just for porn stars? This mythological fluid is a popular topic of discussion for people in the lifestyle and anyone who's open to exploring their sexuality. On today's show, we're going to discuss some of the common myths related to squirting orgasms, how female arousal works, and how all women can squirt if they want to learn how. Do you know how to squirt, babe? Oh, yeah, baby. Did you learn? I sure did. You taught me. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> it takes two to squirt. Well, at least on the guy side. Uh, no, no, no. I can squirt on my but own. But we have a to. super expert here today. <laughs> but first, let's take a moment to talk about our top waterproof blanket because you need one of them if you're going to squirt, right? Uh-huh. And great sex is messy sex, but nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. And there's lots of wet spots with squirt and we're going to find out all about that today. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets from everybody who squirts. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely, go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And squirting orgasms are part of great sex. We are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are really excited to welcome back, re-welcome back today's special guest. Sexologist Dr. Carrie O'Neill is a sex and intimacy coach who specializes in couples in the lifestyle or couples who want to get into the lifestyle. Uh, she's an expert on squirting orgasms and she's going to answer all our questions that we're afraid to ask all about squirting. I'm not afraid to ask any questions. I know, really not. <laughs> and I love learning and today is a show about learning and our, and our Great Sex Matters segment. We're really going to get into all of that so stay with us for the whole show. I'm going to now welcome Dr. Carrie O'Neill to our show. She's been super busy, and thank you, Carrie, for taking time out of your busy day for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So why don't you just take a second and remind our audience about who you are, where you've come from, and how you got to this spot. Not the wet spot, right? Not the, Not wet, the spot. wet spot. <laughs> I love <Not> it. Yet. <laughs> Who I am, I'm Dr. Carrie O'Neill, but I did not start that way. Um, as victim of child sex abuse for the majority of my life, I brought that into my marriage, sexless marriage for 20 years for the most part. And when I finished that marriage and divorce, I had a real axe to grind. I wanted to figure out how could somebody so accomplished and such an achiever as I 
only be able to get this far in my life. So I dug deep. I started doing the only thing I know how to do, which is educate myself. And ultimately, what my renaissance, learning how to have sex on my own terms after being hijacked as a kid and suppressed as a wife, led me to a number of different credentials, clinical sexology, sex coach, and eventually a PhD with the emphasis in human sexuality, sexual well-being. Wow. That's, that's a very big journey. And, and well, I'm going to say congratulations because that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you. you did it and not me because <laughs> there's a lot of words that are more than six letters and I couldn't have dealt with it. So, you know, it's nice having experts like you on our show so us and our audience can learn about all that stuff that you learned and the journeys that you went on. Yeah, it, I know it's a mouthful and I've spent a lot of time behind the desk, but it's not that different than sex. One step at a time, one thing unfolds into the other. You find what you're interested in, you develop it. And once I found my way to what I'm going to call the other side, freedom, sex on my terms, I created a private practice because I felt if I could help people find their own voice and their own choice, that was going to be really meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, the dog. Could, could you hear water. that? <laughs> Sorry, but we're actually dog sitting and the dog just arrived. We're trying to calm, calm her down. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the crazy we, son just dropped off the dog and that's kind of what you heard him. Okay, we we're not we stressing about it so and so you started your sex and intimacy practice with the idea of course of helping couples what made you specialize with lifestyle couples <laughs> well that is a funny story uh i think when people any artist right they want to f- uh, right that wrong. Certainly that's what I did. And so as I was sitting in my office saying, what now? Where do I go? Where do I start? Who's my group? I um, scattergrammed 10 different men and interviewed them about sex. And a man in the lifestyle fell out. He was actually an ex-Mormon swinger. And I'm telling you now, if you had given me six months to come up with that avatar, I wouldn't have done it. But that one client put me on the map because I was so successful with navigating their relationship to success because I operate in the lifestyle myself with open relationships and a host of other things that he kept recommending, recommending, and honestly put me on the map. And they're a very big part of my practice, maybe maybe even 80% of my practice. You mean lifestyle people, people who want to open up and, um, and explore new avenues? Yeah. Honestly, my clients come from two different camps primarily. Um, yes, lifestyle, but if you drilled it down even further than that, there are those people that are under stress and some type of trauma, right? And they want to operate in their lifestyle and this thing is holding them back. Mm-hmm. They come in. Or there's those other people that just say, hey, how do we do it? How do we talk about it? What are some good practices? And how do we keep from cratering our relationship while we're playing? Mm. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And we all have those kind of questions. And it's good to know that there is someone who can help us get through it step by step. And it must be so much better for couples to come in and talk about the lifestyle to someone who's actually in the lifestyle because, you know, you've been there and you've done it. Oh, sure. And that's what the magic is. When people bring me a problem and I say, you know, is it more like this or that, right? Nuance. It's the nuance that can really put you on a path to success 
much more rapidly than say reading a book or a blog. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. now you're, you're in a very unique situation, uh, being in Utah, being in the heart of Mormon country. And obviously, sex and religion play a big part of the counseling that you give. Um, how does, you know, how do you get to talk to people? or How do you help them with the sex shaming they have based on what the religion has told them versus the lifestyle, which we know um, is, is almost the opposite, completely right? the opposite? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I work with. People want to be in a lifestyle and there's so much freedom. I mean, I'll speak for myself. The first time I went to a lifestyle resort and I was not raised LDS. So for the record, those kind of religious shamings were never my issue. I have others, but I couldn't believe the freedom of women owning their sexuality and owning their pleasure. And I had to like remove myself and have a come apart for about an hour and a half because I just broke down with how beautiful women owning their pleasure without shame was. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, people come in because maybe they've gone off to the lifestyle. They've seen the same thing and they don't know how to process their feelings. Mm -hmm. They don't know how they know they've cracked open, but now to push it to the other side and give permission that's a really big deal, and that is exactly what I work with. By the way, LDS does not have the corner on that market. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now I, know, I know I asked the question about, you know, the sexual shaming that women have within the Mormon community. But, you know, Carol and I, we've been in the lifestyle for, you know, 14 years. And I think that your your coaching and your counseling and your courses can also talk to a large portion of the female population out there because we do find that a lot of women are still repressed in being able to ask for what they want sexually and being able to open up and going to get what they want. You're exactly right. And you know what? You just kind of gave my secret away of course i sell people what they want but believe me i give you what you need and uh, no matter what class i'm teaching or what topic i really try to weave in the context of permission and this is okay and these are pitfalls and if it's not okay here's some ideas how to bridge the gap yeah and i'm sure that a lot of the clients that you um see are i'm going to say mature enough to come and talk to you about their issues. But do you get any young couples that come in that already want to get started and have already realized that they have issues that have to be resolved? Yes. Um, The young ones, um, and I don't fault young people. I was a young person myself, right? They think they can just show up at a sex party or a resort and go it alone. Then it ends up in high drama. Mm -hmm. And then they're upside down. So the smart young ones have come right. to see me. Right, yeah. there you go. Evolved, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, you think, oh, I don't need to pay somebody for that. But I'm telling you, more than once have I heard, because I was just left the resort with them and I was just on the bus, have I heard on the airplane home lots of anger and misunderstandings and now their whole very expensive vacation was kind of neutral at best but primarily negative and it's worth the money to figure this stuff out and figure it out before you go before you start hurting your partner saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing and you know the these getaways these 
parties. You know, if once you understand the consent and the respect and uh, you have that great communication with your partner, you should come out of these experiences as a stronger couple, not a couple who's just had an argument. And um, I told the story um, on our, one of our previous shows that, you know, we were at Hedo for 89 days this winter. And one night we were in bed at three o'clock in the morning. I hear this woman yelling, yelling at her partner. I did not give you permission to fuck that woman. And then there was silence. And then I heard, no, 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 no. You didn't hear what I said. I did not give you permission to fuck that woman. So, you know, um, there was a lot of younger people there. And obviously they didn't have that discussion and that conversation and understand the ins and outs of what's allowed and what's not allowed and talking about it first and not changing your rules on the fly. You're exactly right about that. And you know what? Uh, I'm not going to say that young people are not mature. If they have the wherewithal to even contemplate being there, I'm sure they are. But but the humility that especially young people need is vast. Not only do they have the energy and the verve to want to go out and do things, yay for that, right? <laughs> but watch out because with that kind of power, it can be like bull in China shop. <laughs> they can cause a lot of damage in a bigger way faster too yeah. right and I know a lot of this um, I guess advice that you offer is to help people get their communication going what kind of things do you do to help couples you know practice the best sex practices for sex yeah what do we say communication is lubrication <laughs> right <laughs> That's um, that fits for life. But I guess if I had to distill it down to any one or two core principles and I give a host, I've got a whole toolbox of communication tools that work um, right. There's proactive ahead of time and then there's reactive. But um, I think the work nonviolent communication, wow, it should be the shot heard around the world. It's a little tricky to pick up. But what are you feeling and what do you need? That's key when you're in the fray of things. What is this person feeling and what do they really need if I could sort through the vitriol and the energy of it? When you go there, I mean, if you can train yourself to go there, you'll do a thousand times better because you stop the drama at that point mm -hmm. and you begin to answer what are they feeling and what do they really need by this? In the 3 a.m. lady, I may, surely it sounds like jealousy, but there's there's a bigger need under there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I needed you to listen to my words. I needed you to follow my what I wanted. I needed I needed you to think of Check me first. Me, yeah. Check in with me first. I hear all exactly. of those things and those words. Exactly. And then the second big thing, I mean, there's a many, um, is reflective listening. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think anybody does enough reflective listening. And reflective listening is just okay, I heard all of that, but let me tell you what I heard mm -hmm. when you said these words. Did mm -hmm. I get that? Right? Mm -hmm. And of course, making the list, and not everybody wants to make a list of the do's and don'ts. And especially when you go into a new situation, you don't really know what you don't know yet. So you're making your list of what you want and what you don't want, but sometimes you have no idea what could be out there. And um, just being on the same page, at least those first few baby steps, just take those first few that you so understand, yeah. that you can get through. And then 
Then re-talk about what you saw. Oh, oh, that's more than what we discussed. And then talk again. Like not jump into anything that you haven't talked about. Or, or I saw something I really liked. What do you think? And maybe we can try that next time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Heavy doses of empathy because mistake making will happen. And <laughs> we know. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I was actually, remind me, I was actually playing with the Green Beret once and trying something new. And he was so great after we had negotiated the setup and what was going to happen. He said, oh, okay. And one last thing. If shit goes upside down, where are we going to rendezvous? And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, if you lose your shit on this. <laughs> Emotionally, where am I going to find you? Right. <laughs> yeah, wasn't I thought that, that was good. Yeah, right. Yeah. He had some wherewithal to even consider that. That's great. And we always say, you know, when you go into a situation where there's a lot of the unknown and you're both going in eyes open, um, if you come out and shit hit the fan, you can't hold it against each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and you know what? Let me just for the to close this. It does not have to be sexual. It could be going to the pool where everybody's naked and engaging at different levels for the first time. Just that little chunk could be a very big step for, for sure. a couple new to the lifestyle. How do we manage that? Let's just have the check in. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I know that I can just say when I started in the lifestyle was that I was very conscious of what I looked like, you know, was this sexy? Was this not sexy? How, how you were always sexy, baby. I know, but I liked when David was with me when I chose my outfits, for example, what do you think of this? I'm, I don't know. And I needed his reassurance and you know, not all guys will sit there and watch their partners get their makeup on and choose their clothes and stuff. They just want to, you know, go have a drink and wait, wait for them to come out gorgeous. But I insisted that David was with me while I was getting myself ready, while I was choosing and still debating, is this nice or not? And, you know, when you know, like I said, I needed him to give me that reassurance and I asked for it. And of course, he was there for me. And what was very cool about that is that has turned into a little bit of our all day foreplay, because now it's it's titillating and it's exciting and there's certain times where you know carol could just touch her clit and it's a great segue into squirting orgasms which is coming up next and she could just squirt all by herself right even now. while i'm just getting ready yeah, because the yeah. arousal and the excitement is there yeah so it's kind of fun but i'm i'm happy that i was able to realize that i needed that reassurance even before leaving the house isn't that crazy and um, yeah, but it doesn't have to be sexual like you just said it doesn't have to be it can be anything that you need uh, support on well there's or, so many there's so many couples who you can't even look at another male or female without your partner saying why are you looking at them well those are not lifestyle couples well no but people who are going into it they don't know what their partner is going to do what they're looking at you're just naked everybody's naked and you're looking at this other woman's tits and she's like hey you know you've never done that before so that's that that's yeah, what carrie's saying right. it's not sexual right it's just a situation you've never encountered before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And you know, it's a great question. So two things I just said, ask questions because it'll keep you in your frontal cortex. That's my neighborhood, brain science. But if you ask questions to your partner, it'll give you half a chance to stay in your saner brain. So you see your partner. So that's the first piece. Now, what's the question to ask? You see your partner looking at somebody's tits and you're not used to it. What are you seeing? You know, ask them, what are you seeing? Oh, I'm seeing boobs, I can't believe how big they are. I want a motorboat. Or I'm seeing people enjoy themselves, which blows my circuit because I wasn't raised that way. Or I'm seeing, right? 
ask, what are you seeing? Mm. What are you liking? Uh, what's got your attention? I like that. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that's the easy thing. And that's keeping it positive before anybody's there. What are you looking at? You're looking at her tits. How come you're not looking at my tits? It's not that, right? Yeah, it could be all <laughs> those I things. And take those answers home because you can use them for fantasy fodder for the next six months. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten, to, we've gotten to the point now where we're walking by the pool and I go, babe, look at that guy. Look how big his cock is. And she goes, yeah. I said, wouldn't you like to suck his cock while I'm fucking you? And that's how, you know, we, we started as very vanilla people where, you know, Carol's like, don't touch my tits in public. And now we're at, okay, you know, I want to do a threesome with that guy and his cock. It, it evolves because we have become really good communicators. Good for you. And that's what makes it fun. Absolutely. Wow, this is getting good, but I think we have to take a break. Just hang on a second. We need to do a quick shout out for one of our show sponsors, but we'll be right back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're talking with sexologist Dr. Carrie O'Neill. Stay right there. All right. So here's some exciting news. We are so excited to announce our new partnership with Topless Travel. Topless Travel has been around for many years and puts on the most sexy, fun, and erotic events at some of the world's sexiest venues, from the Bliss Cruises to Desire in Cancun and Hedonism in Jamaica, Topless Travel offers a multitude of new and exciting adventures to stimulate all your desires. We'll have lots more to tell you in our upcoming shows, so stay tuned. For more information about all their open-minded events, simply go to thesexylifestyle.com and book the sexiest vacation ever. Alrighty, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We're having a great discussion with a sexologist, Dr. Carrie O'Neill. And we are now going to get into what is one of her expertises, which is squirting orgasms. All right, we're going to give you the floor on this. Let's just start with well, wh- where, how you got into squirting and being an expert in squirting. Tell us that little story. How I got into it was it was makeup sex in college. And the guy I was breaking up with, making up with said, whoa what is this? And it was more like a gush, but I knew something was different. And I had put myself all in on that particular scene because I thought it was over. Further, I was having phone sex, working with a dildo. My pelvic floor a few years later was tighter. Lots of things had changed for me. And I squirted and I went, whoa, what was that? Um, Google didn't exist at the time, so you couldn't really figure that out. I talked to my OB. She didn't really have a great answer for me. And um, and how I became an expert was, in time, on the path of becoming Dr. O'Neill, I actually had to experiment. And I, at one point, first time in my life, I had six dildos or vibrators available to me. And the mechanical engineer in me thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what makes each one of these toys, the, what it is. And in so doing, I'm squirting and I'm like, what? And before it was over, I ended up writing an essay because I used my mechanical engineering brain on my physiology um, and then research, putting it all together about squirting. Lots of myths out there. Lots of people don't believe it. Um, but I think I've pretty well nailed it down from 
the beginning to the end, from the physiology to the psychology. Wow, that's awesome. And of course, you want to share some of that with us today. Uh, I've been squirting since uh, I met David. I never squirted before I met David. And I probably because I was just able to enjoy I had a sexless marriage kind of like you before this. Uh, in my second marriage with David, I guess I was just very relaxed. And it just happened. And I didn't know what was going on either. And I had a million questions just like you did. But you were relaxed and excited and turned on at the same oh, time. Yes, yes, yes. But able to be myself and able to like you said, you put everything into that relationship, which you thought was breaking up, making up, breaking up, making up. So I wasn't out like out to put everything into this relationship. It just did. Like I just, it, every time I had sex with David, it was just, I was all in. And so. the best part about being with Carol is she's a Gemini. So like she has 42 <laughs> different personalities. So, you know, I can be having sex with different people in the same session. <laughs> Funny. That's awesome. He's trying to... He's giving me a jab at the same time as he's making it a compliment. So Absolutely. <laughs> it was an absolute con compliment. You know, uh, all, all, great sex happens because both people are all in. Both people feel it. You feel the energy. You feel the emotion. You feel the excitement. And um, that's when you have your best yes, squirting sessions. Yes, exactly. So tell us then why it might be important to learn about squirting. To speak to your point a minute, David, you oh, don't sure. have to be a, and then I'll tell you why it's important to learn. I'll wrap it together. Orgasms, especially for a woman, whether you're a Gemini or not, Carol, <laughs> um, honestly, there's at least 42 varieties. And depending on your personality, there could be 142 varieties. So first thing, do not expect your body to act and respond the same way every time exactly. life changes what you bring to that scene changes and allow yourself to flow with it so carol to your point why would somebody want to learn about it <laughs> because it is my viewpoint that this beautiful maserati that you were born into when you know what it can do Every combination and permutation becomes available to you after that. And a squirting orgasm is just one type of orgasm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes a whole lot of sense. And I remember as you, you felt a gush and didn't know what it was. And all I wanted to do was learn about what is that? And, and right. it came out in so much quantity. I mean, I love drinking squirt. For me, that's a huge turn on. The more squirt that comes, the harder my cock gets. But... You know, you figure, okay, there's just going to be a little bit. And you say, okay, I'm going to go back for a little bit more. And then more comes out. And you say, okay, I'm done. And then more comes out. And it's like, where is that all coming from? Is, is it like pee? Does it come from the same area? Right. I'll tell you where it comes from, David. But to wrap up the other piece of why you would want to know about squirting orgasm proactively, yes, understand your body. Reactively, there are women all over the world who either feel shamed or are being shamed by their partners because their partner thinks they're peeing right. in the bed. Mm -hmm. And the minute they go there, they start to shut down and they won't open themselves up because I don't want to pee. I don't want to be shamed. Right. So now they're only working on limited bandwidth to drive the tension that it takes and to have an orgasm because they don't want to run full out. 
So that's another reason you're going to want to understand what is happening with your body and this type of orgasm. I get that. And you know, a lot of women, like you said, don't want to be shamed for the pee, but also don't want to mess the bed. And therefore they hold it back. Get a and top that, waterproof blanket. That on was Amazon. one of the main reasons that we developed a waterproof blanket. Because the thing is, when we were in a hotel room, I didn't mind put down a towel, but it goes right through the towel. Or we, I, I or we a had a wet bed and a dry bed. Yeah, but still, I still felt bad about ruining somebody's mattress, somebody's couch, somebody's carpet. And so yeah. like, it was about four or five years ago when we said, hey, we just need one of these top waterproof blankets. And, you know, we found a small one that was fine. It was, it worked. It didn't work for swingers because when you put yeah, two couples on it. I said, we need to make a big one that's going to stop us. Because, you know, when you have a cu- two couples on one bed, no matter where the squirt blanket is, someone's going to squirt on the other side of the blanket, like away from the blanket. It just happens. So let's just right, cover right. the whole bed and we don't have to worry about it at all. So I was definitely holding back. And so I wouldn't mess the bed. Right. So I, not from shame, just from sheer not wanting it to be an unsanitary place. You know. And, and the point and the point of us talking about our top waterproof blanket isn't isn't to, to promote it. It's about again helping helping women relax, clear their brains, and go out and permit themselves to have great sex. Exactly, David. Exactly. And what is that, Amarita, or yeah. that squirt? That was your question. Yeah. It is glandular fluid because the squirt itself comes from the skein's glands. So we probably have all heard of male prostate. He has a urethra and men have lots of problems in older age with the gland that's around their urethra, their prostate. Well, women have similar uh, physiology. We have a urethra and we have a gland around our urethra called the skein's glands. When you spend time, and so this is what I covered in my class. I don't, I don't not cover squirting like it's a trick. I cover from the beginning to the end so you understand all the mechanical parts. My viewpoint is if you understand them, you'll know how to tweak and adjust accordingly. But the longer, to answer your question, David, the longer a woman is in the state of arousal, she's pumping glandular fluid, which is made of proteins and salts and a number amino acids and a number of other things into that beautiful skein's gland. Okay. So then when she either has pressure from the outside, pushing on her pelvic bone or pressure from the inside, fingers, penises, dildos, who knows, pressing on the top, what you might be familiar with G spot it squeezes, it mechanically squeezes her physiology, her whole pelvic floor, and all the fluid that's been collected in those glands has to go somewhere. It goes right into the urethra and out it goes. And the tighter her pelvic floor is, that's what makes the difference between a gusher and a squirter. Right. And it could just be a dribble. It could just be a few drops that you might not really even notice and that you might be doing it. But so you many, don't dribble, hun. And so many women do tell tell us, you know, we're in the lifestyle. We talk about it, like I said, is one of the popular topics that you talk about when you're in the lifestyle because you're open to discussion. So many women have told us that I don't squirt. I've tried, but I don't squirt. So the point is everybody can squirt is you have to ejaculate in the right way or what happens well, if What you, do people need to know about how to teach themselves how to squirt? I think they need to know about arousal um, and the short 
story on that one is time in the game. How long are you thinking about it? How long are you playing? How long are you jacking your neural system up and giving your body time to vasocongest? David, hang on. I know those are clinical terms. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) But um, how long are you in the game of arousal? Because it really does matter. Now, a seasoned veteran squirter, I know we can we can start thinking about it and make it happen, but that's uh, what do we call that muscle memory? Mm-hmm. That's uh, a learned new- behavior, right? That's yeah. exactly right. For um, new people, understanding the female arousal cycle and what orgasm is, which is a release of all that beautiful tension that you've built up. I cover that in the class because believe me, a lot of people do not understand that. But arousal and time in the game, being into it, get your mind into it, think about it, enjoy it, roll with the touches, roll with the pleasure. And then when you think you're going to have an orgasm, squeezing that pelvic floor. And that's kind of like bearing down a little bit, right? Bearing down, exactly. Um, If you were going to pee. Go ahead. Like you're feeling like you're going to pee. There you go. It's like. Closing, closing off while you're peeing. Right, 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 right. Um, the hack that I give for new squirters trying to learn how to squirt, that the quick hack is, without showing you a picture, if, if you can mechanically yourself, so David, you're her loving partner, if you can put some pressure on her pelvic bone, which is right above her clit, if you can put some from the outside, Put some pressure on that, stick your fingers in from the inside and really get her aroused and have her squeeze down. That will help her figure it out when she wants to come. And it's not the G spot I want you to be touching. For new squirters, you have a much better chance. I call it deep spot upper. And if you if you take the class, man, the engineer in me, I have diagrammed it. I have diagrammed all the spots. <laughs> uh, but it's you bottom out on the cervix, and then you push back just about a half inch, and you um, stimulate the upper wall. So if she was face up, you go straight into the cervix. She'll let you know when you've hit it. Pull back about a half inch. The surface area, the area for arousal there is almost twice the size as the G spot. And it's also what's magical about the deep spot upper. I actually named it that. I didn't give it my name. I gave it a name so that when you're in the field, you could remember, okay, where am I supposed to be? (laughs) Deep spot upper, right? (laughs) Uh, You know what's great, great about that spot? It's directly connected to your brain. So your brain is going, hello, we got something going on down there. Send fluid, send blood, send everything we need. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that because really, I recall the very first time I squirted, I was sitting on David's face and his fingers were deep inside me. So now that you're saying that, I'm getting it, was not lower down like on the G spot. It was definitely full fingers in and he was rotating them in a light manner. Like, please guys, don't go in there and just jab and jab and, you know, be gentle inside, you know. Not a jackhammer. Right. So he did like a rotation of his two fingers around in circles and then the fluid just came out and there 
I didn't do that. You did that, right? In my mind, his circular motion is what made that happen. But now we know it's it's Carol who did it. Well, that. I know. But and they're like, I don't know what's going on, but you're making it happen. Anyways, he it was all over his face and he was loving it. And he just kept doing it and doing it. So we kept experimenting with the same position. And still now I do squirt a whole lot easier, of course, on my knees in that kind of straddle position. With your pelvis open. Yeah. And I definitely don't need David's fingers inside anymore because I have that learned behavior. I can just tap my clit and that's probably also a signal of me being aroused and getting ready. And, and you know, those your are body. all, yeah, there are cues. I guess my brain is getting, I don't need for me now that deep, um, the deep stimulus, but, uh, I got that at the very beginning. That's but, how but I learned how to squirt. But now you also squirt when we're fucking, when my cock is deep yeah, inside yes, you. Sure. At the beginning that didn't happen. It was yeah. just when you were open on my face right. and you learned how your body um, yeah, liked worked. it. Yeah. And now when we're fucking you squirt yeah, and sure. the other night the squirt came out on the side of my cock and went onto your leg. Yeah. All the way out. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Can I just pause? Let's just break that down for a minute. Sure. Uh, so you're on his face. Yes. We call it Amarita. You can call it squirt. It's glandular fluid. It is safe to ingest. There you if go. That is your choice. Yeah. Second, um, women, don't we love those 10,000 nerve endings of our clit? Hello. Yes, we do. But uh, for the woman who wants to learn how to squirt, I'm going to tell you, stay away from the clit because you've got so much muscle memory exactly. on what that orgasm is like. You want to go for the deep spot upper for all the beautiful reasons that you and I just illustrated. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I learned how to squirt as well. And not realizing that that it wasn't intentional for him to put it deep like that so I could squirt. It just happened. Yeah. But at the beginning, I, I usually just start my sexual, you know, when arousal. We, arousal by tapping my clit with his cock and I squirt a little bit, gives some lubrication, gets me going. Then after when I have a, a different type of orgasm, like a clitoral orgasm, uh, then, then you go on to my clit, right? So it's two separate things. Not really on your clit, but more you're, like Carrie was saying, fingers inside. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And moving them around. All right, well, you know how you know. And, how to and again, pushing down on um, you know the venous mound and that area over there. And it, it, it's not about getting your clit excited; it's about getting everything else excited. In, well, everything, the, yes, the, the vagina, yes. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a clinical term you snuck in there, Dave. <laughs> David. Uh, he learns he on these shows. <laughs> there you, you go. Good for you. Venus Mound, you like that, huh? <laughs> he remembers that. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you why. We used to have a brand called Venus Couples, and he learned Venus Mound during that time. My so there, secret, my secret. I know. He, he learned it and remembered it, and he can use it in a sentence. That's wonderful. <laughs> Gave me. <laughs> Poor David's getting picked on here. It's okay. I love it. Well, so we, I think we've been through it then. The psychology, the arousal, the physiological um, touch. What else is missing if we're doing the mechanics from A to Z about squirting? So let's talk about lifestyle couples. It seems like squirting is the trick, one of the tricks to know. And women who I've spoken to wish they could want to do what she's doing, but they can't. I would say if anybody wants to learn, practice. Let's take the pressure off of you being, um, being sexual in a group like lifestyle couples are. Practice on your own. Practice without even your own partner. Mm -hmm. Get to know your own physiology. Get to know how your arousal works. When you know your point of no return is, 
play with the deep spot. And I'll tell you, sometimes getting women off their vibrator for a while can be a bit of a conversation, but get away from the vibrator, play more with the dildo, sit. Here's another tip that no one says. I recommend that women practice by themselves in an empty bathtub. So now they're semi-reclined and whether they pee or squirt, right? Nobody has to worry. Cleanup's going to be easy peasy. Get in there and explore. And what sitting semi-reclined does for you versus lying flat is it gives you about eight more inches. So now you can really root around and with the guide, with the map that I have that I give to the students, you can figure out, oh, what does this spot do for me? What does the entry do? What does the G spot do? What does the deep spot upper do for me? What does the deep spot lower do for me? You practicing, so I'm talking to people with vulvas, you practicing with your own vulva and knowing and making that connection between mind, body, arousal, and orgasm on your own is going to go a really long way for you helping partners learn it. And definitely when you're out in the wild and you might be doing it in front of people, it's going to help a lot. For sure. Now um, we're almost um, at the end of this segment and we're going to get into great sex matters and get into some real explicit things related to squirting. But I think this is a great segue into talking about the need to, especially women, to clear their minds of their busy days and everything because if your brains are going a thousand miles an hour and you're not present in the situation, I know Carol, um, there's times where she can't squirt because she's worried about, you know, her gardening and the grass and the pool and accounting <laughs> and, and all that other stuff. My business. <laughs> let's just let's just talk about the brain. How to turn it off and how to get it turned on. Exactly. All how right. to turn off all that daily busy stuff and stay focused and be in that moment. Dynamite. Thank you. Um, mindfulness practices will help you take command of your brain and it'll help in everything you do. Um, things like meditation, yoga, breathing exercises. But when it comes to sex, what I personally do, and I'm, I'm Dr. O'Neill, uh, and I have a busy life and a really strong, busy brain myself. So, <laughs> so ain't nobody immune to that one. Um, you know, when I'm engaging with somebody, I say to myself, Carrie, what a gift. You're here now. You're here for what, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour and a half. Be here now. And I, what is this age old saying? must be present to win, right? Be here now. And sometimes I've done this enough for myself that what gets me off is not thinking about a scene, although that does too. But when I'm actually in the fray of it and I need to double down and be here now, I actually think about my body parts. And when my mind goes to my genitals, I've trained myself enough that everybody goes, okay, hello, all hands on deck. And then I just groove and flow right into it. So when you're thinking about the garden, get back in the bed. Or if you can't, then call it. Hey, I'm not, I'm not, not in control. Yeah. yeah, I'm not here. And you know what? You do that enough times and you're going to teach yourself 
why am I wasting my life and this beautiful partner and opportunity that I have? Mm -hmm. So babe, over the years, you've done an amazing job of figuring out how to get the busyness of, of everything going on out of your brain. And our sex life has gotten better and better. What do you think about? Well, I know for a fact, one of the things that I have learned to do is um, give myself permission to have pleasure. And for me, that was a very big thing at the beginning. I had a hard time allowing myself. I was always a giver, giving, giving, giving. And for me, lying back and taking was a big deal for me. And that's when I found myself drifting out uh, of my body and into my life and my world outside of where we were. Um, I've I kind of felt, I guess, guilty about taking the pleasure. And I learned, and especially from having a good partner who teaches you that you deserve, and, and well, we all do, it's not a deserve, you're, it's a born right, a birthright to have pleasure. But it's still, I had to learn to accept it in, in, in my own terms, the way I wanted it. And it took me a little while. I think mostly when I wasn't getting into it, it was mostly, let me just get started and get into it by giving because that's where I'm comfortable. So me starting on the top and playing with his cock and feeling it. And then I take his cock and rub my clit. Now I'm giving myself permission to enjoy his cock in me. Uh, I kind of learned that way. It was over practice of how I got into it. And then soon enough, I'll roll over and just take a nice pussy licking or whatever, but really when I'm ready. And one of the things that I have learned is Carol needs some time to digest what's going to happen. So sometimes in the afternoon, I'll say, babe, tonight, you're just going to lie there and I'm going to do you. I'm going to massage you. I'm going to give you a pussy massage. I'm going to take out the lube. And it gives her a couple of hours to say, okay, tonight I'm not on. I'm just going to be there and take it. And yeah, that, um, that works well. It, it does. It does. Yeah. You have to take the time to prepare. Yeah. I'm getting hard. Bra brains are tricky. <laughs> I see. He's got an erection now. <laughs> Thank God. I'm on video. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? That, uh, my answer to you was in the moment when you're engaging, but you just described how do you even want to join in on that swim lane? I like to tell clients, keep feeding your juicy. What are you doing today to feed your juicy? And uh, when I know that I have a window of time outside of my busy life, music, I'm a dancer, so music really moves me. That hard, heavy, sexy beat. And when I put those kind of tunes on, now I'm feeding my juicy. Mm -hmm. um, I like my nails painted. I, I like my legs shaved. I like what I like. And when I do even like seemingly little things mm -hmm. like that, I'm feeding my own juicy for me. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes a huge difference. Exactly. I, I get it. I get it. Well, this has been an amazing segment, but we do have to take a break now. Just remind everybody, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We're having an amazing discussion right here with a sex and intimacy coach, Dr. Carrie O'Neill. But coming up next is our favorite segment. Stay tuned for Great Sex Matters. But first, a quick shout out to one of our show sponsors. Stay right there. We're still here. We're going to talk about hedonism because we were there all winter. Um, Carol did a whole bunch of squirting. We didn't play all that much, but we had amazing sex while we were there. It is one of our favorite places to hang out naked on the beach. And it really is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like. And we're so excited to tell you about Hedo's 40th anniversary celebration. It's happening on October 30th to November 6th. Come on down, join us for a week. Um, it's going to be one of those once-in-a-lifetime events. Uh, for more information, you, you can go to thesexylifestyle.com, click on the Hedo link. You can book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. 
And just a reminder that if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, go to sdc.com and you can use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. So check it out. Check it out. We're there. We use it all the time to meet great couples. Um, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having a great discussion with Dr. Carrie O'Neill. Now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And as you know, this is the part of the show where we get personal with our guests. And Dr. Carrie has been sharing a whole bunch of things with us already, now which is awesome. Now she's going to share the first time she squirted with us. The first time I squirted was... Wait, wait, wait. Let me rephrase that yeah. question because we, we haven't had sex with Carrie <laughs> yet. Um, that'll be next January when we go visit. Um, we're hey, going hey, on hey, our, hey. Don't well, be so forward. We are not there yet. Oh, yeah. but I have an email from her already. Uh, oh. She's uh, set it up. She already has our blanket. It's, it's all good. Okay. So we haven't had sex with Carrie yet, but tell us about the first time you experienced that amazing squirting orgasm was in the makeup breakup sex in college. Mm. And I didn't know what it was. Uh, I talked about that a little bit earlier on the podcast, but I would. So let me give you a better story. Uh, you guys just got back from Hedo. Now that I know how to squirt, now that I can squirt on command, now that I can squirt and I have muscle memory that I don't care who's watching and I've done it in front of crowds and in classes before, the first day we got to Hedo, um, it was a long day. I was not feeling on my game. I went to the pool. My partner was in the pool. And you know how this goes. Everybody's sitting around the pool getting fingered or eaten out or negotiating such activities. Um, so, so Tom starts playing with me. All right, that's about par for the course. And the next thing you know, when I was ready, I put one hand on the pool deck and I lifted up to be uh, a little bit off the, like I lifted my butt up. Now, the whole time he was playing with me, there was a man behind him, Mr. Muscle, gorgeous beard. And I'm looking over Tom's shoulder at this guy. So on purpose, I lifted up and when I squirted, I center punched his chest right <laughs> in the of my <laughs> That is fun. Yeah, and uh, he and I are still friends to this day. <laughs> That's very fun. But he comes with a helmet. <laughs> a face shield. Yes, a face shield, exactly. Well, actually, there was a funny story at this particular trip uh, at, at Hedonism where we were just chatting in the pool and someone uh, we were talking about squirting and one of the guys who was flirting a little bit with me he says like really you know how to squirt i go yeah i can make myself squirt anytime could you do it like now i go yeah of course i could do it like now show me so i said well it wasn't very comfortable for me on the side of the pool i preferred to be lying in a chair so i did i got up and got on the side the chair you know lounge chair on the side of the thing and i just started squirting and it was pouring out and pouring out and he just came over to watch and he goes oh my god i didn't even know like that's possible because i just was i was tapping my own clit that's how i can get myself to squirt because the muscle memory etc and it was shooting here shooting there pouring out i was sitting in a puddle and he was just fascinated by this whole thing so, yeah. Car so Carrie, when when you when you play in a situation with um, in the lifestyle where you're swinging, and you know that you control your squirt, 
do you tell the other couple that, hey, look out, I'm going to flood the bed or flood you or squirt on you? Or do you leave it as a surprise? Mm, no, you know what? Uh, as a sex educator, I like to negotiate going in. And I don't really even want to play with somebody who's not down with what I like to do. Right. So we, we talk about that on the on the front end. And the question is, how do you feel about women who squirt? I ask that before we even go there. Sometimes Aranda will get thrown in the mix, but <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so there's no time to talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I'm negotiating that, I just ask and they're like, sometimes people say, what, you can do that? I'm totally in. And some people um, who aren't into what I'm into or I'm not into what they're doing, you know what, then it's a no go. But by and large in the lifestyle, people have seen it and they're curious. And they totally love it. Yeah, yeah, Carol, you yeah. always warn the guys. Yeah, I always do. I say, and the girls. I always say, by the way, I'm a squirter. Um, I hope you're okay with it. I always say that. I mean, the, I always warn people in advance, especially if they're going to And gonna they're about, like, bring it on. Especially if they're about to go down on me, a guy or a girl. I always say, fair warning, you know, you're going to get wet. And so some are into it and some are not. And they're their choice at that point. Exactly. I, exactly. I do like to leave the campsite better than I found it. So you're <laughs> <laughs> Your waterproof blanket is, um, we, we travel with it when we go somewhere, um, even if it's locally in town, because I don't want to leave somebody's yeah, environment. Me too. But, yeah. Me yeah. too. Exactly. So um, what what are some of the the permissions that a woman has to have to feel good about knowing that you know squirting is is is, is normal it's it, natural it's natural it's something that's okay to do i think when you understand your physiology and you understand that it's not pee uh right that goes a long way to giving the mind permission the second big thing is for her to practice on her own um, when she knows that she's in control of her body She's a very empowered sexual master, and I'm always in favor of creating people that are that way. Otherwise, sometimes they get hooked on, I can only be with him because only he knows how to make me squirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember the first day I learned how to make myself squirt because we were in a swinger situation where uh, we were playing with another couple, and she kind of got up on her knees um, as if she was straddling someone, although she wasn't, and she just tapped her clit and she squirted, and I went oh my God, I'm going to try that. So I did exactly the same and it worked. I, and so from that day forward, I don't need a guy to help me squirt anymore. But that's and, because you got it right in your brain, right? I know. And plus I'd been doing it for many years. I just didn't know I can do it myself. I had no idea. I've been around the pool where women have come to me and said, well, actually it started with one. Can you teach me how to do that? So we're having a little um, impromptu uh, play session. And then another woman, can you teach me how to do that? <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. I know it is a lot of fun. And it's a topic that people are actually willing and open to talk about, which is kind of fun. But what would you say to somebody who, you know, say, I've tried it a million times and I'm just, I just can't squirt? I've actually worked with couples like that. Uh, when I go to a hotel takeover, I will do house calls and, and work one-on-one. -on -one. What I have found is it's her being too much in her mind, to speak to your point, David, too much in her mind. So 
working with her brain and breath. This goes for vulva and penis owners both. I cannot tell you how important breathing is. If you start to lose your erection, start breathing, men. Uh, it will help you save your erection. For women, breathing and getting deeper into their body helps all the vasocongestion, which is all the blood flow and glandular fluid, which is what we're banging for. Every pun intended. <laughs> uh, her relaxing and her to stop, try, 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 trying. That, and then the second thing is if she has a partner helping her pelvic floor, which we've talked about earlier in the show, it, the hack is putting the butt of your hand around the venous mound, which is just right above the clit on the outside and pushing in, uh, excuse me, using your other hand in her vaginal canal and pushing up. So you're trying to squeeze that area air quote, for her, mm -hmm. assisting her while she's bearing down on her pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. It's practice, it's practice, and then after that, it's muscle memory. And but I do, sorry, before we get into I do want to say that it's not important, if it's not important for you, you don't have to learn how to squirt, obviously. Nobody has to go through this. It's not a miracle, amazing thing that you're missing out in life. But I think that if you've tried and you've given up on it and you're okay with it, well, I think that's okay too, And one, right? one of the things that you do is you make sure before any sexual adventures, events that we're doing, is you go pee first. So you know oh, when you yeah. push, it's yeah. not going to be pee. Right. You oh know, we God. could probably go on for hours and hours and hours. This is such an interesting topic. But we are up. We've done our one hour. <laughs> Dr. Carrie O'Neill, thanks so much for sharing all that great information. Why don't you take a minute and tell everybody how they can find you online, your courses, your workshops. Hey, thank you. Um, you can find everything at uh, www.drcarrieoneal. I am also on Instagram as Dr. Carrie O'Neill and Facebook as Dr. Carrie O'Neill. D-R-C-A-R-I-O-N-E-A-L. And of course, you're going to have all of the links on your website. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. absolutely. So if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where all of our guests have their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them directly from there if you have any questions about their work. Absolutely. And like we did this week, which was absolutely an incredible show. Um, we're learning more and more every week with all our expert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Dr. Carrie O'Neill, thank you so much for another great show. Hey, thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you out there squirting and enjoying <laughs> it and loving it. <laughs> loving it. Yes, loving you're it. right. And of course, every week we thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Welcome. You've joined The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. David.